to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place, land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Stephen Nelson at the Recreation Bistro and Bottle Shop. What an absolute pleasure it was to speak to Stephen. I mean, anyone who describes their zucchini as gorgeous and affectionately describes the way they're left to run free in a field as they grow has to be a good person by definition. Certainly a thoughtful person. And the way Stephen described his career and the things he's learned along the way was certainly thoughtful. From his early days in Canberra, to working in one of Gordon Ramsay's venues in London, to the restaurant he worked at in Edinburgh and the incredible produce he worked with there, to his 15 years working in Melbourne in top restaurants. If you're familiar with some of my other conversations, you'll know that I often bring up the Spanish book like Water for Chocolate, and the idea that when a chef cooks, their emotions go into the food and the people who eat it can taste those. This was one of those occasions that when I ate the stuffed zucchini flour and the duck pithivier with its divine darkened red wine jus, I could taste Stephen's experience. I could also taste his love for the produce and his environment and his calm, appreciative approach. If you don't believe me, you just need to get down to the recreation and try it out for yourself. Let me know how you get on because I know I'm right. And the other great thing about the recreation is that they're now open on Monday nights. So that's seven nights of goodness and seven nights where I am bound to be right. How are you? Well, yourself. Good, thanks. Thanks nice for coming. Nice to meet you. Nice to be here. Is <laughs> <laughs> it here? Yeah. Is here okay for you? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Perfect. Come on. So this is a lovely building. It's heritage, is it? Yeah, it, it is. It's, uh, it's like 1866, but it was constructed as, as a pub, like it's been a hotel um, for its whole life until 2011 and developers took it over and put some fancy townhouses above us and I think there was a stipulation they had to keep like a bit of commercial space on the bottom, so okay. it was good, yeah. Um, and how long have you been here? We've been here for six years now, yeah. Um, wow, so you weathered the COVID storms? We did. And we're, like, to be honest, we're in a pretty good spot. I mean, as good as you could be for something like that. Like yeah. Being a neighbourhood venue, having a strong customer base and good connection with our local kind of community, it really kind of helped us through yeah. those challenges and gave us a pathway to do, like, you know, special takeaway packs and... Um, a la carte service as well like doing takeaway so it was it was really annoying but it was great to get that support and yeah absolutely um, that's right yeah and also like grow our customer base weirdly so we got introduced to some new people in the community we we didn't know and yeah so it was it was pretty positive in that respect it's good and so um i'm sort of interested in in how your team is made up so you and joe know each other and then 
Joe and Mark knew each other and they've all come together, is it? <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> um, yeah, Joe and I worked together in, in Scotland yeah. uh, at the Atrium restaurant and uh, through a mutual friend, uh, Luke, um, he runs and operates Tipo Osteria and uh, their new one, uh, Philia. He was working there with us as well and he's, he was Melbourne-based um, before he came over to Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we kind of all connected there. Thank you. I came back from overseas and what any chef does, you either go to Melbourne or Sydney. I chose Melbourne. And Did you grow up here? No, I'm from Canberra originally. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. And yeah, Ed, basically, Shannon Bennett's at the top of the list for everyone at that time going back. So yeah, we uh, worked there and... Luke was working there as well, so it kind of kept this uh, thing going on. And um, yeah, Joe met Mark working at Crossy, and we kind of formed a coalition, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah. So, so, I mean, you have different um, strings that you play in your three stringed instrument, I guess. So, what, yeah. um, what do you, each of you bring to the. Um, well, it's and, quite... and is that how you planned it when you came together? I, I mean,. We've planned it as best we could, but you never really know, like, you know, how it's going to work or um, who's going to do what. But, yeah, essentially, it's, it gave us great confidence knowing that Mark is a, a well-regarded sommelier. Joe has great restaurant service and um, customer service knowledge. And me, uh, as, a, as a chef and in the kitchen, I think it creates a great trio there. Mm. And it, it, it kind of makes sense, like, going into um, your restaurant business, having all bases covered with, with owners. It's, mm. It um, sets you up for a good good chance of success. Absolutely. And I guess, too, um, was it easy to decide on the concept? The concept was formed partly due to the building and the venue. Um, it's good to kind of not have it... Like, we found... We didn't have a really rigid kind of thing that we definitely wanted to do. I think Melbourne in 2016 was uh, looking for uh, this kind of venue that we've done. So it kind of was a, a tale of its time in a way. And yeah, just kind of connecting with, with the community, seeing what they're after and providing, um, you know, that classic kind of neighbourhood local restaurant um, with using, utilising our backgrounds as well, like... Um, Which are fine dining, is it? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, using some of that kind of um, technique. But we kind of wanted that in the foreground um, and just deliver a really kind of casual, um, relaxed atmosphere in the dining room mm. and on the menu as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that was our kind of... That's what we set out to do. Yeah. And as venues do, it's kind of evolved into what it kind of needs to be as well. It's got its own kind of thing that it's doing and, um, you know, the customers and what the venue attracts, it kind of, it's, it's interesting to see it travel along. Yeah, it, I was speaking to someone the other day who's just opened a place in Abbotsford and he said, and he's opened other, he's had got other places in Fairfield and, um, oh, yeah. Clifton Hill and, um, and he said, um, exactly that, that you can have your idea of what it's going to be and people are going to come for the booze and he said, and actually everyone's coming for the food and so the people will dictate <laughs> yeah. how it goes. You just have to listen, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Listen and not be too egotistical and, and stuck in what you're doing. I think like ultimately... Um, from a cooking perspective, like 
you, you want your customers to feel happy and um, you know they're getting what they pay for and, and what they want mm. essentially like that's that's the whole goal of each day yeah yeah that's um, right yeah so and is that how Monday nights came about as well was, was there a a realization that hospo people need somewhere to go as well or yeah absolutely i mean we're really excited to be able to offer monday nights um that's uh yeah they've come online at the end of february uh it's a it's a great opportunity to yeah engage our our wonderful industry industry the hospitality sector and also the local community we found you know there's not a lot of offerings that are that are available on monday yeah for those birthdays that happen over the weekends or things like that you know you need to catch up on the the early week kind of dinner um so yeah it's it's great to be able to swing the doors open and offer that with a with a strong team that we have like we're we're pretty confident yeah it's gonna go well and i reckon too like sometimes you just need something to get you through monday too don't you think oh, I'll, just, I'll get through this and i'll go out <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah so uh, yeah. Yeah, i completely agree with that yeah yeah and, um, and tell me too, I was reading about the signature swordfish schnitzel, which is quite a tongue twister to say. Um, yeah. well, how did that come about? I've never heard of that before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it was kind of, uh, the sous chef Victoria, actually, uh, she really wanted a, a kind of crumb fish on the, on the menu. We're all really keen on that idea. But your traditional kind of like, you know, whiting or the, those flat fish that you crumb and pan fry kind of toying around and she, and she she threw up the swordfish idea which uh is it it's a great fish to use um being quite sustainably caught it's msa certified sustainable which is which is really important and um yeah it just creates that really beautiful steak like a, and to crumb it and pan fry it stays quite juicy yeah it was a, it was a really good call um yeah nice so yeah it's been it's been it's been a bit of fun that yeah. one <laughs> So, can we just go back to the start? Because you've obviously been a chef for a while, but yeah. is that something? Did you always know you wanted to be a chef? Yeah, I did. Um, it's it kind of hit me in school uh, doing um, uh, you know the cookery classes in high school, uh, really kind of engaging my creativity and and uh, interest in that, and then just through fortune, um, getting a job as a kitchen hands, and then. Uh, really enjoying the, the vibe of the kitchen, what's being produced, um, the personalities, the excitement. So, yeah, it, it got me quite interested. So, yeah, I progressed with a, and an apprenticeship and, yeah, well, here we are today. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. And, but, and, and what made you go to Edinburgh? Were you somewhere else first or you went straight there? Yeah, London was the first yeah. uh, stop, uh, purely for the fact of... It, it's one of the great dining cities of the world. Uh, they, everyone speaks English, which is helpful. Um, so yeah, coming from Canberra, going to London was a it was a big step. Um, so you didn't come here first; you went straight from Canberra. Straight from Canberra to yeah. London, yeah. Wow. So it really opened my eyes to what the industry is capable of and uh, how how people see it as a as a real career and, a, and a, an important one. Um, so Gordon Ramsay was uh, my focus um, and yeah, went to one of his restaurants and, and got a job um, at the Boxwood Cafe, which sadly no longer exists, but it was, uh, it was a really interesting place to work at that time. It was one of the first 
fine dining kitchens creating casual um, casual food. Um, yeah, right. yeah, so it that really inform your career. <laughs> it really did because yeah. yeah, it's it's it was delivering this this super high quality kind of bistro offering, um, which I'd never seen or experienced, and uh, yeah, the full flavor dishes, but you know quite casual um, atmosphere and well-priced, like it's accessible to, you know, we could go there on our day off, you know, yeah. so it was, all that kind of encompassed um, what I wanted to do in the future. And what position did you have there? Started as a commie chef, because uh, I, I, I was qualified, but um, it doesn't mean much when you walk in the door in London, so uh, yeah, commie chef, like basically the bottom, bottom, bottom tier, and just put my head down and my, my bum up and um, yeah, worked away at that. Worked quite hard um, and just worked through the ranks. Yeah, yeah wow, okay. Yeah. And to, and to what level? I got to uh, like junior sous chef, um, but yeah. the pressure and the, the life experience was uh, getting to me a little bit. Mm. I just wanted to, to see a bit more of the country, which drew me to Edinburgh. Mm. And was Gordon Ramsay around? Did you see him? Or? I mean, not on a day-to-day basis yeah. in, in the Boxwood Cafe. He, he would come in maybe once, once a month, once every two months to do a, a paid function or, um, yeah, have a look at the kitchen. Marcus Waring was, uh, mm. restaurant was next door to us as well. So there was a bit of a Gordon Ramsay cohort of, uh, of chefs and things. So, yeah, it was a bit of a... He'd come there mainly socialising and, yeah. And was it brigade like was it a shouty kitchen or it, it definitely had tones of like what you'd expect from from his tv shows um the culture in his uh organization was fairly abrupt like it, it they expected a lot from you and uh, to, not to criticize but they expected a lot from you but they weren't giving you the support to actually like achieve that well they were just expecting you to kind of do it out, out of the blue which again uh, you know I've learned from all these things and, and um, I think the expectation is great to have out of people and really drive them but also to have a support network to to, to help them like and show them where they where they need to go what they need to do really thoroughly um, but the kitchen culture there was it's something I've never experienced beforehand so it was yeah. it was exciting really yes yeah ultimately <laughs> but then you needed a change so you went to Edinburgh what was the food like there because I feel like Scotland has so many beautiful natural uh, resources and products and things yeah. like Tasmania isn't it it is it was a real eye-opener um, to work with the produce that we were getting delivered into the restaurant in Edinburgh yeah. at the atrium it was the guy who shot the venison was bringing it in, you know, the next day. The asparagus was picked, you know, overnight and delivered to the restaurant the next morning, 20 minutes up the road. I think geographically Edinburgh is a really great spot for produce. Yeah. You've got the, the North Sea, you know, to your east, beautiful highlands up in the top and, and great farming land just all around Edinburgh. So, um, yeah, and the heritage of everything, the age, like I think the asparagus farm have been doing it for you know, 100, 120 years or something. That's which crazy, is, isn't it? Yeah, so it is. And it's just, yeah, I think it's, it's very European, isn't it? That whole handing on to, um, to the next person and so on, and it's in the family and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
and they see it as a great career and the relationships you make with the suppliers there as well is, is, is pretty special. Uh, so, yeah. Is it a big place? The, the atrium? Sounds big. <laughs> it, yeah, it does sound big, doesn't it? It was in a big building. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, the restaurant itself sat uh, 50 people. Oh. We used to. Yeah. 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 So it was, it, was, it was fairly manageable. Um, we also had upstairs, which was called Blue, like your more casual kind of um, eatery. Mm. Yeah. So it's good again to see the two businesses operating side by side. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a really interesting great restaurant to work at yeah. yeah and I read that you really like um, French technique and I guess and you spent some time with Jacques Raymond as well yeah so what what is it about the French I mean I know this sort of obviously what you learn in cookery but um, what is it about French technique that appeals to you I I'm appealed by it because it the technical ability of French cooking as a tradesperson uh is a is a real it's a skill set that you can that you can learn and, and show um, it takes a lot of practice and time which I think uh, you know is reflective of the the history of it and uh, what it means and and how to achieve it uh, so yeah I think as a tradesperson it's probably the pinnacle for me like obviously all cuisines are different and they have their their different structures and things but the, the influence of French cuisine worldwide over over most kitchens and brigades is is really obvious. Like it, they've kind of set the the restaurant mm. as, as we know it in the Western world. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And and as a diner, would I would I be aware of those techniques in your menu here? I th- yeah, I, I think so. If you, if you were if you were uh, familiar with with uh, you know French food, and um, yet yeah, you would definitely see some some strong influences on the menu. Uh, mainly, I think uh, you know French technique. One of the the great avenues for that technique is is sauces, and um, all our sauces are kind of made like uh, that really traditional um, technique driven kind of way. Yeah. Uh, and then it's a great base to have, and then using you know really fresh local things combined with that kind of that old knowledge and technique it delivers a, a tasty plate of food usually yeah. so have you got an autumn menu on now or is it a or you... yeah we're kind of we're, it, this year's been a little bit funny we work a lot with um, local farms so yeah. they kind of drive what we're putting on the menu and with this kind of late drawn out summer where I mean tomatoes are still in full swing yeah um, that, that late summer kind of produce is what we're dealing with at the okay, moment. Yeah. Um, you know, like the, the blackberries, uh, yeah, all that late summer. Um, and then we're holding out for, for the autumn produce okay. to start growing. Yeah. Um, pumpkins are going to come, uh, pine mushrooms, yes. you know, all those. Uh, I love autumn cooking, it's probably one of my favourite. No, it's so cosy, isn't it, too, without being too um, yeah, austere and everyone's cold in the winter. and things are harder to get I think oh no I suppose it's good winter produce as well but um yeah and it is um <laughs> wow yeah great this is a good example <laughs> yeah here we go thank you so what, um, what do you have here um so this is our stuffed zucchini flour um you know that they're, they're gorgeous they're grown organically in a field out in Kiela from Dayswalk. Nice. um 
we've just stuffed it with a house-made ricotta, some herbs, that, that classic kind of thing, and served on a on a pea puree. Wow. Um, yeah, thank you. It's big too. It's a little drumstick, isn't it? It's really. They are. <laughs> These field-grown ones are yeah, they're really massive. Like they're gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and they're led to kind of run free, which gives a. A free um, range. Thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I feel kind of happy for the plants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're not controlled in this kind of hydroponic environment. like. And what's this little one? Uh, that's our uh, duck cuvier. Oh, I, I love duck. Yeah. This is, uh, it rolls in and out of our menu. It's, it's a staple at our other venue, the Paradise Valley Hotel. Yeah, it's just a your classic kind of duck mushroom filling encased in puff pastry with a beautiful duck and red wine sauce. Yeah. Beautiful. And um, I really loved reading too about how you and your um, head chef and sous chef are like a like a really strong team. And I just yeah. love the idea of that. I feel, I have this idea that um, when teams are strong and work well together and there's no shouting and so on, that the food is obviously flavoured with that goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. It, it really is. A, and to have a collaborative, um, really comfortable approach to, to our foods here at the REC, is, it does show through on the, on the plates and, and also development of all our palettes and uh, sharing new ideas. It, it's, it does, it makes us feel quite good. Yeah, it's, it's very, it, you get a lot of joy from that, that group experience, I think, rather than just dictating everything. It's, uh, it does create a lot of joy and, and then, yeah, yeah, it's a comfortable atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, I think people want to come to work and the, the flow on is amazing, it's so good. I think it's, yeah, it is really important and like, you know, the, those experiences overseas were fantastic but like to have that, that holistic kind of thing in a restaurant, like the community, the happy kitchen, the great service team, like it is, it's, it's, it's hard to build together but it is, um, yeah, it's great to kind of... And it sounds like you you all contribute in terms of us thinking about you know what inspires you, but it sounds as though they come up with ideas and you come up with ideas and you've obviously got your repertoire from you know cooking over the years and so on. Yeah. What what other inspiration do you use? Do you, is it still cookbooks? Or people we all like cookbooks, but do we actually open them? You know. I know. Yeah. I mean, I I do love cookbooks. <laughs> like uh, as a chef, I mean, they're, they're great to read. I find them really entertaining. I love the Food Channel. Um, I think at this point of my cooking career, inspiration, um, it really comes from experience, I think, like, you know, the, the seasonality, going to the farms, having a look at, at over the years, you know, you've seen how they grow, what, what's happening, um, and yeah, cooking in Melbourne for the last 15 years, really gauged on the seasons. And I think, yeah, it's that really kind of, it's hard to articulate. It's that, it's that place that we, we live in here. It kind of like, that's the inspiration in itself. I think like it, it's a great, it's a great spot. Yeah. Yeah. And just to finish, um, so that I can eat your food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <that's> <laughs> um, what would your advice be to young people who are thinking of becoming a chef? Yeah, uh, well, first of all, do it because it's a great job. Um, and, you know, really, really know why you're doing it, I think is important. Um, and, 
do it with the right people. Like, learn as much as you can um, in in good environments, and that all transcends later on to when you're moving up the ranks and and you know doing it yourself. You can really send those messages. Like, yeah, it's think about what you're doing. I think is like the best way to describe that. Mm. Really take take time and. Yeah, think about the day-to-day. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. Thanks so much for that. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Stephen Nelson at The Recreation. You can check out a lot of the goodness that is The Recreation on Instagram at... There's a few underscores here. So at the underscore R-E-C underscore Fitzroy underscore North... And if you liked what you heard and you want to hear about some other chefs, there are many. <laughs> and I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. You can also read this chat and any of the other chats at www.conversationwithachef.com. I would love it if you told a friend about my chats. Probably don't tell them that I can't uh, see how many W's there are in a website. But you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day.